fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on here. Hold on. I'm still trying to get this out of my teeth. Uh, I love it when people just bring me food right before the radio program. And, of course, it's food that I can't resist. I can't resist it, so of course I have to eat it. And then I'm trying to make sure I get it stuck out of my teeth before. Welcome in. Hey, what's up? Welcome into The Voice Reason. It is a post-Monday celebration broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. We welcome you. We thank you. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. I have said this many times before, but I am so happy that we have a Spanish radio station here in the building where I hail from here in Wichita at our flagship. I have never had it before. It's always been on my bucket list to try, but just as the intro is about ready to start, my program director comes into the studio and goes, Andy, if you tried one of these before, you need to have it. And it's the Mexican corn. And it's like corn on the cob. But awesome with like chili powder and mayo, I think, and cheese or something. And I had, I, it smelled good. I had to take a bite before the show started. And now I have corn stuck in my teeth. So hold on a second. We're trying to, what do they say? No food or drink in studio. Hold on a second. Hold on. There we go. All right. Welcome in. Great to have you along for the ride today. We got a lot to talk about. Lots to get to. Bottom of the hour, Jeremy Murphy. Coming on the program, he's the former vice president of communications for CBS. He's also the author of the book Blank Off Chloe, if you know what that means, as we talk about some of the mainstream media, how they handle some of the latest news, as we talk about the latest with Queen Elizabeth dying over in the UK, why we covered that so much. Now we have Hurricane Katrina. Why aren't we covering the heavy news of the day? Is it a political cover job for the Biden administration? We'll get to all that and more coming up on the show here in just a little bit. Plus some big news out of Washington, D.C. today that we have to get to. We'll get to in just a second. And it has officially begun. As the very first lawsuit has been filed against the Biden administration on the student loan forgiveness, is is it filed properly? Is it going to work? And will it make the rest of it topple? We'll get to all that and more on the show today. First and foremost, though, kind of a solemn note, something that we need to mention, or at least I need to mention. I've told the story a few times on this program, as it is a very near and dear to my heart. It's a very solemn occasion, a very sad occasion. But today, September 27th, of 2022 marks the 16-year commemoration of the Platte Canyon High School shooting that I was involved in my senior year of high school. As one individual died, a good friend of mine, Emily Keys, we were held hostage in our school for like four to six hours. It was a ridiculous day. It happened at about 10.15 in the morning, uh, mountain time, and that happened 16 years ago today. So it is a solemn occasion. I remember it very vividly still, obviously, being my senior year of high school and being involved in a high school shooting. And that memorial is today. So to the Keys family, we still think about you guys. We pray for you guys. We love you guys to death and appreciate it very much. And uh, uh, it's something that we have to remember. 
And for all the school shootings that have happened since then and before that, we continue to think about you on what to do to actually make our schools safer. And by the way, left side of the aisle, it is not trying to rid ourselves of firearms. It is not trying to put more gun restrictions in place because you already have those and they're called gun-free stickers that are outside our schools and you can see how well and effective those have actually worked. For those that may be relatively new listeners to the program, I'm not going to tell the story today, but I will tell it again at some point on this program as it's kind of a long one. I don't have time to get into it, and we don't want to focus on that topic really today per se, but it is an important one. And 16 years ago today, September 27th of 2006, the beginning of my senior year in high school at Platte Canyon High School in Bailey, Colorado. If you want more details on it, you can Google that shooting. And that happened um, just 16. I can't believe that it's been 16 years already. That is interesting for sure. It doesn't feel like it. Apparently I have already missed my 10 year reunion <laughs> for school and we're going into the 20 year anniversary, just a couple of years now and 20 year ceremony or uh, anniversary of graduating high school. But as of 16 years ago today, we need to remember that shooting that happened at my high school, my senior year, September 27th of 2006 and our thoughts and prayers go out to the Keys family and Emily Keys, a good friend of mine that uh, I guess I can tell you the brief story was that I was in class with her just literally minutes prior to the shooting as we broke as we the bell rang our class was over her and I were chatting we took French class together that morning and then not 10 15 minutes into the second period of the day at 10 15 is when it happened and obviously never saw her again so a bad deal and our thoughts and prayers go to the families and everybody that was affected on that one 16 years ago today all right today's news let's get into some of that what do you say What's trending today? So there's a couple headlines that kind of lead up into the main story of what Washington, D.C. is working on as we speak, because October 1st is the deadline for the end of the federal budget for 2022. Now, what does that mean? That means that as of right now, Washington, D.C. is in panic mode because they have yet to pass any 12 of their appropriations bills. They have yet to pass a federal budget at all, which means what's happening. We're doing what we've been doing for the last few years, which is just working on a continuing resolution until the end of December. This seems like we're a broken record that we're beating a dead horse because this has been year after year after year of doing the same damn thing where we do not pass a federal budget. We had the scare tactics and the fear, the politics of fear going into the end of this week that either the government pass a continuing resolution for just extending out the current spending habits that we have right now until the end of the year, or the country goes to you know what, and military doesn't get paid, and everybody dies in the streets, and it's chaos, and it's anarchy, and the, it's the worst thing possible if the government happens to shut down. So now we're in this discussion where Democrats will say we have to do this continuing resolution. Republicans are going to try and say, well, we need to do it, but let's try and do it in a little bit different manner by trying to shorten a little bit of spending. They throw their fit about a couple small little items here and there. It causes a ruckus with Democrats. They get angry because they're not getting everything they want, and then they threaten the government shutdown. Republicans cower because they don't have any huevos like normal, and then we get back to the continuing resolution. We extend it until December, and then we... Do this all over again at Christmas time when no one's actually paying attention. We've read this book many times. We've seen this movie every single night to go to sleep. We're sick and tired of it. There's nothing new about this. And it's it's honestly a pain in the ass to even think about because it's frustrating that this is the road we have to go down. There's nothing new here. 
Now, what is new is what's actually in this continuing resolution, because in this continuing resolution is not just an extension of actual budgets of what we're currently doing, but additional spending on more things, because why the hell not, right? Why not? So what's in this budget we'll get to in just a second. But while we're talking about an increase in spending, while we're talking about not government doing their job, which should be the focus of conversation here, the House representatives, that is literally your job as the budget. You have other things that you have to deal with as well and pertain to, but the vast majority, the number one priority, according to Constitution and constitutional law, the number one job and duty of the House of Representatives is to manage the federal budget and hold the power of the purse. And obviously they haven't done their job. If we're getting into an entire year and now we're down to the final minutes, less than a week away on Friday, of either shutting down the government because we haven't passed a budget or passing a continuing resolution. Why is the media not focusing on that conversation that for the last year, the House of Representatives, led by Nancy Pelosi, has not done their job? That's the conversation we should be focused on. But instead, it's what's actually in the continuing resolution because it's just common sense for us just to continue what we're doing, which is failing miserably. What's the definition of insanity again? doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Maybe next year, then we can have the same conversation again and then wonder why we're still threatening to shut down the government with a continuing resolution or going into government shutdown that just kills everybody out in the streets because we can't function without government being fully open, apparently. <laughs> so while we're looking at a continuing resolution, while we're looking at the increase in spending, which we'll talk about in a second because what's actually in it, you'll find quite fascinating what they're trying to throw in and then bully Republicans into supporting. But while that's happening, inflation is still at a record high. That's not going away. Even raising interest rates, I know Federal Reserve, that's the only power that you actually have in the situation is to raise interest rates to market us out of the market to where or price us out of the market so that way we can't afford goods, making us struggle more, and then saying the economy is getting back on track. That's a stupid philosophy, and anyone that says otherwise obviously doesn't know how basic economics actually work. But at the same time, inflation's at a record high. There is a headline now that 71% of workers say that their pay is not keeping up with inflation. Common sense. Inflation continues to rise. I, for, for one, have not received a 9.5% price uh, uh, pay bump in my wages. Have you? Because that's where we're at with inflation right now is between 9 and 9.5%. So I have not personally been able to see a 9 to 10% bump in my pay. Would be nice. Not expecting it, though. That's happening to 71% of workers where they're like, yeah, you know what? We're struggling as well with near $4,000 above what we normally spend a year for everything that we just normally get just to maintain where we're at. Not to grow, which is what the whole goal is in a private sector economy, is to grow the GDP, to expand your profits, to expand your investments, to expand your consumer spending because you have more money to be able to spend. Right now, we're just trying to maintain, and we can't do that either right now so what's in this bill that's so damn important for them to pass a continuing resolution to threaten republicans to say either get on board to pass this or you are the problem well according to the hill.com the vast majority of it is going to go to security and financial assistance to the country of ukraine dude dude i'm telling you 
According to the Hill.com, the top line of the Ukrainian Supplement Appropriations Act is one point. That's what they're calling this. It's not even a continuing resolution for our federal budget. It is the Ukraine Supplemental Appropriations Act that is set to be $1.4 billion below the $13.7 billion that the White House had requested for Ukrainian aid. So it's coming in lower, according to the left-wing mainstream media, that, that, hey, we're coming in a billion dollars lower than what's requested. Republicans, why can't you get on board with this? Congress has passed more than $53 billion in security, economic, and humanitarian assistance to Ukraine this year alone. Most recently, the latest $40 billion package that they signed in law back in May. And now they're asking for another 14 almost $14 billion to go to Ukraine. While our economy is tanking, while our government has failed to do their basic job that the Constitution has laid out for them to do, which is an appropriations bill, which is a federal budget that we can't do, they're trying to throw more onto it to increase inflation again by printing a massive amount of money that we can't sustain and then wondering why you are struggling overall at the end of the day. Is that okay with anybody? It's not even to us. In fact, the two things that are really in this bill that are the increased spending is Ukraine and then disaster relief for us. They are throwing us a little bit of a bone saying, hey, with Mississippi, with some of the water issues going on down there, with the, uh, the hurricane that's about ready to come into Florida, we're going to have some humanitarian issues here on the home front. We might as well throw a little bit of money into disaster relief here in the United States, but the vast majority of it's going to go over to the Ukraine. And that's supposed to win over Republicans. And again, Republicans will throw a fit for a second and then they'll say, well, we have to pass it because we can't shut down the government. So we just have to go along with this. Maybe we'll tweak one little bit of wording to make us feel like we've gotten something and then give Democrats 99.8% of what they were asking for in this bill, because that's the way our federal government works. And I got to tell you, I'm here to say kind of sick of this process. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I'm sure this is the most unappealing video that anybody's seen on the live stream right now. I continue to pick corn out of my teeth. Hold on a second. Hold on. Golly. All right. See, this is why you can't dangle food in front of me in a radio studio right before I go on the air. You just can't do it. I don't have to. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. It is frustrating that we are moving through a new continuing resolution again. Not surprising, yet still angering. And it just builds up the anger that I think a lot of individuals have with our federal government not doing their job. Literally, House Representatives, you are the power of the purse. Your entire job as members of the House of Representatives is to hold the power of the purse and form a federal budget. We, all the way back when, if you remember, during the Tea Party days, we had the cut cap and balance bill to where you had to cut spending, you had to balance the budget, and you had to deregulate just a little bit. That was the goal. It should be just like states. You are not allowed to function as a government unless you actually have a budget passed. That's the way the federal government should work, just like every other state. Every state is not allowed to just do a continuing resolution. Not happening. You have to pass an actual state budget. Where money is going, what the projections are for the tax revenue, where the money is supposed to go, what departments, what agencies, the federal government needs to operate that way. This is unbelievable 
acceptable for the government to continue to operate the way that they are. And then when they do pass the continuing resolution, they throw everything into it that they want. Remember, Nancy Pelosi mentality, you got to pass it to see what's in it, right? Because they don't know what's in their own bills that they're writing and that they're trying to pass and trying to bully others into passing as well. You have to pass it to see what's in it, and then you just throw everything you can at it to see what you can stick in it, including massive amounts of funding for Ukraine. Should we help the Ukraine? I personally believe we should be helping the Ukraine. Yes, we need to be aiding the Ukraine. But after how many billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, when do we finally say we're just going to physically get involved in this? Because we're sending you money. Obviously, you're holding them back. In fact, you're pushing them back, which is why Russia had to reactivate 300,000 new soldiers to try and come after you because they're getting a little angry. So it's working to some degree. But when are we going to start focusing on the home front here as the priority? And I'm not talking disaster relief for the hurricane. You know what? Yeah, we should already have that. FEMA should already be ready to go. Obviously, there's a massive hurricane coming into that area. And thoughts and prayers to everybody in the Florida and Georgia area that's going to be affected by that hurricane. Yes, we need to pay attention to that. But at what point do we realize we need to take care of the home front? And by taking care, I don't mean socialist programs. I mean actually taking care. Bernie Sanders, the Yahoo socialist crazy wackadoodle, was on the late night show with Seth Meyer talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and saying it didn't even go far enough. Yet it did come up a little short, or maybe a lot short, of what you wanted. I would say a lot short. Okay. So do you think it's enough for Democrats to run on in the midterms, or do you think... Okay. No, I don't. Look, what we don't talk about in Congress and we don't talk about in the media is what's going on with working families in this country. And the truth is that the middle class of this country is falling further and further behind. Wages are not keeping up with inflation. You got over 70 million people who have no health insurance or they're underinsured. Uh, you got 600,000 people who are homeless. Uh, you got people who can't afford prescription drugs. You people, kids can't afford to go to college, kids leaving school deeply in debt, et cetera, et cetera, not to mention climate change. So I think what we have got to be honest about with the American people is say, look, we got a rough, we're in rough shape right now. This is the reality. And this is what we have to do to get out of it. And to his mindset, what we have to do to get out of it is more spending. The Inflation Reduction Act did not go far enough. He did take a jab at the Biden economy, saying that things are a bit of a mess right now. And his solution is more socialist spending, more of the student loan forgiveness, more of the food stamps, trying to get the military and everybody else on food stamps, more of the centralized power on government. At what point is that definition of insanity? Remember to them, they've never tried their true socialist policies. They've never tried their true socialist experiment. If they could just go further, this time it'll work. The madness of the federal government. Jeremy Murphy coming up right around the corner. Stay here. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. We're rocking here for another post Monday celebration. Doing what we do each and every day, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. (laughs) I love all the comments which you can leave on our social media live streams right now. I do appreciate that. We have them all over the place. Also at the website at whosyourreason.com. All right, let's get into it. I want to shift gears slightly here. 
Right now we have the government that is pushing a continuing resolution, not doing their job by actually passing a budget or anything, just doing a continuing resolution. But not just that, tagging on billions upon billions upon billions of dollars for additional aid to Ukraine, a little bit of money for our disaster relief here in the United States. And then you got the Democrats like Joe Manchin saying that Republicans are trying to play revenge politics for him supporting the Inflation Reduction Act, and that's why Republicans don't want to support this new continuing resolution, as opposed to just saying, hey, why don't you do your job and not pass a continuing resolution and actually pass a budget or let the government shut down? Oh, my. And all the while, how about we have the mainstream media that doesn't want to talk about this because we're talking about a hurricane during hurricane season in the state of Florida. Let's get to do that while we talk to the latest in what's trending. What's trending today? Really happy to have this guy back on the program to talk about what the mainstream media has been up to lately. He is the former vice president of communications for CBS. Also the latest book, uh, Blank Off Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. Excited to have on the program with us again, Mr. Jeremy Murphy. Jeremy, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. It is always good to talk with you. The mainstream media has been... Um, I think in anarchy a little bit lately. I mean, first off, we just came off of like a month's coverage of Queen Elizabeth's death. Now we transition from the death of Queen Elizabeth in the UK to hurricanes going on down in Florida. Jeremy, what are we going to cover like some crazy news of, you know, like the federal government that could be shutting down by the end of the week? Well, that's boring. <laughs> you know, what do they say? Uh, Washington is Hollywood for ugly people. Mm. Um, it's not it's not exciting. It's just a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, senators and, and congressmen who just spend wildly and no one cares because it's money. And, you know, as long as uh, people get their, you know, uh, as long as people can live their lives, they don't care that the country's like trillions of dollars in debt. I mean, this should be the top story. I mean, literally, the, the Congress gives itself a giant credit card with no limit. But when they do that, they're selling debt to foreign countries. Yeah. So this should be like the top of the news, but it's boring. It's boring. It is unfortunate, which I have to ask the Queen's death and the massive wall to wall coverage that we did here in the United States. I mean, I get it. She was there for the as the longest monarch in the country. And it was now, you know, now we do this transition to King Charles III and they're an ally. But why did we have to do wall-to-wall coverage here in the United States outside of knowing about it and maybe getting an update about when the funeral is and inviting some of the elected officials and leaders here in the U.S.? I don't care. I don't know why there was such a fascination here in the U.S. with that. You know, uh, there's nothing I care less about than the royal family than billionaires going to space. <laughs> um, you know, these people are grifters. They've lived off the public for years. They have castles. They have palaces. They have Bentleys and Rolls Royce, and they're still getting money from the public. Uh, it's a national soap opera. I don't understand the fascination. Uh, I do with the Queen because she was a vo- you know she was stable. She was there for seventy five plus years, and she connects you know young and old. You know a lot of people grew up with her, so I get that consistency. But you know Charles is a grifter. Um, you know, these people are, are basically on the unemployment line. They've been there for years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand. I don't think he's going to carry the, 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 the monarchy. I, I think uh, the public reaction to him is meh. Um, I don't understand. It was the longest funeral in history. I'm like, can you bury her already? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I thought they already did, and then they were doing the procession, and they took her into the cha- the church, and they were doing the ceremony, and then they were walking her out, and then they were replaying it, and then they were doing... I, I don't... Yeah. He went on, the body went on tour with Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never understood that, and I get it. And you're right about King Charles. I, I don't think anybody's real enthusiastic. In fact, the rumors are that he spent some time at Epstein Island, so I guess there's that going for him as well. Um, so I I don't know how much you follow that stuff, but is there someone in mind that you think is going to take over? Yeah, um, you know, he is going to take over, but, uh, you know, there is no love lost for Charles on both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, you know, they still, um, everybody still worships uh, Princess Diana, who, you know, Mike Barnacle calls her the international moron. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody loves Diana and they blame him for whatever happened. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's going to carry the monarchy. I, I think it's going to be a giant dud because I think the only reason uh, people care about the, the Royal family is it's a national soap opera. Yeah. You know, it's escapism that, yeah, my life is boring, but look how screwed up these people are. And they are. That is very true. Uh, I, I think it is for the entertainment value. and uh, But at the same time, during that entire few weeks that we had the mainstream media here in the U.S., especially covering this, there's been some major issues here in the United States. I mean, we still have the ongoing conflict between Russia and the Ukraine that I think would be a semi-sexy story for, for the mainstream media to be covering right now. We have threats, apparently, with China and Russia now making threats against the United States. We have an election season that's coming up. I mean, by golly, we still have an investigation of Donald Trump with the FBI in their raid right now that the media has broken away from temporarily to cover this type of stuff. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess whatever the flavor of the day is that tries to keep the ratings, but good golly, there's some important issues that are being neglected right now. Well, I, th- you know, that's uh, uh, presuming that the media is doing a public service. The media is mm-hmm. a business. The companies that own all these outlets are mega corporations and they're selling ad space, they're selling subscribers. They have no interest in covering news that people should know. They're literally feeding everybody crack cocaine. And this is what they think people want to watch. And, you know, these people look at the ratings. And, you know, Ukraine was, people were uh, invested in that in the beginning. But Americans, like, we have the attention span of a goldfish. And we get bored easily. And here's the royal family, and, you know, you have Meghan and Harry selling everything but the furniture. You have, you know, the pedophile prince. Um, You know, you have Charles and Camilla, like, you know, like uh, cold soup. Um, It's just, it's, it's more interesting than things that we should be concerned about. And that's the problem is uh, television and media is done for ratings. It's not for news. It's what we're moving away from, for sure. We're talking with Jeremy Murphy, former VP of Communications at CBS, also author of the book Blank Off, Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. What is, in your opinion, what is going to be the next phase of media where people get their information? Obviously, radio has been booming, podcasting, live streaming. Everybody's got a live stream now on social media, uh, the podcast realm. Is that where things are going to be for a while, or do you think that with the censorship coming from the government because they don't want the information out there that we're going to find a new creative way to get information out here soon as well. Yeah. I mean, information will always get out. Like you just can't stop it. But I do think, and what's very scary is most people are getting their news and information from social media. And 
The problem is that is not vetted. You know, uh, Facebook and all these organ- uh, social media platforms are very insistent. We're not publishers. We're just giving, you know, content and information. So you get conspiracy theories. You get uh, crazy stuff. And they don't distinguish between what's real and what's not. So these people, people are, this is where they're getting their news. And that's scary. That's really scary because you don't know who's writing this. You don't know who has an agenda. You don't know who uh, is bought and sold. And the problem is, you know, we live by our phones and it's a lot easier to just check Facebook and whatever to get your headlines than it is to, you know, read, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Right. You know, Um, so this is a problem and it's not good. This is really scary. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of everybody being able to voice their opinions on things, but it also comes down to responsibility and due diligence, which we're lacking of severely in society of doing our own research to verify what someone is saying out there, because then you get those that believe that things like the Holocaust never happened. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with Facebook because they will censor something, but then they say, oh, no, no, we're not a publisher. Uh, we just transmit information. We're just a platform. Well, if that's your case, you're the phone company, right? Then then you should be regulated. You're a public utility. Like, they have to choose. Are we a publisher? Am I responsible for what I'm putting on on this platform? Or am I just a a, a wire? Yeah. And they got to choose because right now they act like a publisher, but they're just putting garbage on. That is true. We got just about a minute left here, Jeremy, but I got to ask you going into election season. I mean, I know Facebook just had to pay a big royalty for uh, affecting elections, or I know they're under investigation for a lot of these, but $50 million being sunk in already to Facebook and Google for advertising. Uh, how much do you think that they're going to have an effect on election season come November? Oh, I, uh, completely. I mean, uh, the most effective way to, to win an election or to steal an election is to use social media and use that to spread false, misleading, derogatory things about your opponent. And that, that's both sides. Uh, I mean, we live in a world of social media. That is that is our new television. Yeah. And, you know, you're seeing uh, everybody using it as a weapon. It is unfortunate. Jeremy Murphy, author of the book uh, Blank Off Chloe. You can find it online at f-offchloe.com, as you can go and check out the book there, also on Amazon and other places as well. Jeremy, it's great to talk to you again, my friend. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show. we got to do it again soon. Absolutely, anytime. Hey, appreciate that very much. All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show for a Tuesday today. we got a lot to cover as we look at the media coverage on some of this. Also, now, I don't know if you've heard, but the first lawsuit has been filed against the student loan forgiveness program in the biden administration we'll talk about that when we come back here wrapping up the show today for a tuesday here on the voice of reason stay here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration. Got a few minutes left here of the show. Always good to have you along for the ride today. Thanks again to Jeremy Murphy coming on the show. The way the media is covering this stuff in absolute disaster. They don't care about the news. They don't care about the information. They care about trying to entertain you. As he mentioned, the crack in the heroin that they continue to feed their viewers 
to think that, hey, we're going to keep you going. We're going to keep you fearful. We're going to keep you informed of something. Just nothing of actual value or importance in some way, shape, or form. While at the same time, we have a continuing resolution right now where we could potentially see a government shutdown. It's not going to happen, though, because Republicans will cower. They'll say they're going to fight for a couple of things, and then they might get one thing, and then they'll say, all right, it's good. We don't like it, but we'll go ahead and do the continuing resolution instead of actually saying no Let's let the government shut down because we're not going to do another continuing resolution. It's time to get a damn federal budget. This loosey-goosey way of just throwing money at the system and then just wondering, I wonder why we're in such a deficit and a debt right now, is why Bernie Sanders is out there saying that the Inflation Reduction Act did not go far enough. Yet it did come up a little short, or maybe a lot short, of what you wanted. I would say a lot short. Okay. So do you think it's enough for Democrats to run on in the midterms, or do you think, okay. No, I don't. Look, what we don't talk about in Congress and we don't talk about in the media is what's going on with working families in this country. And the truth is that the middle class of this country is falling further and further behind. Wages are not keeping up with inflation. You got over 70 million people who have no health insurance or they're underinsured. Uh, you got 600,000 people who are homeless. Uh, you got people who can't afford prescription drugs. People, kids can't afford to go to college, kids leaving school deeply in debt, et cetera, et cetera, not to mention climate change. So I think what we have got to be honest about with the American people is say, look, we got a rough, we're in rough shape right now. This is the reality. And this is what we have to do to get out of it. And what caused that rough situation right now? What caused inflation to be so high that you can't afford going to the grocery store or the gas station? What caused universities to charge so much that you have to take out a massive amount of student loans just to be able to go to college? What caused the economy to be the way it is? What caused the supply chain issues in the nation? What caused pharmaceuticals to be so damn high that people can't afford their prescriptions to actually stay afloat? What caused people to be in that situation to need all the medical procedures in the first place? See, the problem with socialism, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that they look at such a low IQ level, surface level problem and they try to put a Band-Aid on it. The reason there's so many people on pharmaceuticals is because there are so many people living unhealthy lifestyles and eating so many unhealthy things. Where are the government PSAs talking about that? Where are the FDA and the NIH and the CDC and everybody else saying, you know what, maybe these fast food joints that are serving like 20% actual food, the rest of it's like plastic, maybe that shouldn't be allowed for human consumption. But instead... They allow that to happen. Maybe instead of saying student loans are too high, we need to forgive student loans. Maybe we should look at the universities and say, hey, your enrollment's down. You're not getting as much money. Therefore, you need to close certain departments until you get your enrollment back up and need to open up that program again because we're not going to spend a billion dollars for five students to go into underwater basket weaving and get a degree in it because that's what they want. Maybe we should look at the university and the government that are benefiting from it on both ends of the deal because it's too expensive and they made it that way. Maybe we should look at the inflation when 71% of workers across the nation say that their pay isn't keeping up with inflation. And instead of saying, hey, let's bail you out with more government programs, we look and say, wow, we've spent too much money, which is why the value of the dollar is like zero. And that's why we need to print more money because that's causing inflation. So let's print more money 
to try and solve the inflation problem. This is the stupid surface level that the socialists can't go past because they can't think any deeper than something like that. Luckily, there is a lawsuit, uh, according to Fox News, that it was filed officially today against the Department of Education on the, quote, illegal move to cancel more than $500 billion in student loan debt across the nation after wanting to bail out near $10,000 of federal student loan debt for each borrower, making less than $125,000 a year. As Frank Garrison has brought the lawsuit to the Department of Education saying that they don't have the right to do it and that they never signed on to bailing out student loan debt nor accruing interest or inflation on the economy by bailing it out with government subsidies. Will it work? I don't know. I hope so, but we'll see. Our judicial system's not the smartest in the realm right now either so we have some work to do on that front as well that does it for us today podcast up in just a little bit we got a lot more to get to tomorrow make sure to stay tuned in every day from five to six eastern time right here on the voice of reason until then be your own voice of reason it's time for you to speak up speak out speak loud speak proud speak the truth and always speak some reason this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio tomorrow